What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. There's a million things we have to do today, and worrying doesn't need to be one of them. That's why one in nine families use Life360 for safety, to connect to the people that matter most. Join today and get premium features that keep your family protected with real-time location updates, crash detection, and 24-7 roadside assistance. Because let's face it, you're more than just your to-do list. You're a family. So let's live life 360. Download for free today. Son of Pothos. that the lovely Aurora is the hapless pawn in several entries. Aramis, Duke of Almada, wants her for his conspiracy to supplant the Marchioness de Montespan in the King's favor. And now it appears that the Marchioness herself has plans for Mademoiselle de Tremblay. For she has agreed with unaccustomed charity to the suggestion that she take the young orphan into her protective custody. Francoise d'Aubigne, whose kind heart has been touched by the plight of Joël and Aurora, stands now hesitant, puzzled, Anything but reassured by her mistress's words. If she is all you say, Francoise, I will take her with me to Saint-Germain. She's only Christian to help one's less fortunate neighbors. Poor child. Young, beautiful, alone in the world. Could not have been better. You may rest in peace, my friend. I think I shall be able to use your protégé. Well, what is the matter now? Is not that what you wanted? Yes, my lady. But I wondered... You say you can use, mademoiselle. I merely said I could use her as... As one of my ladies, of course. What did you think I meant, Francois? I... I wasn't sure, my lady. I did not... I know, I know. You did not understand. And perhaps it is well for you, my gentle Francois, that you do not. Affairs of state, court intrigue, these are not for you. Who knows, my lady? The future is not easy to read. No. No, it is not. And yet I feel that when it's strong enough, one can build the future to one's own design. Shape it, mold it as one wishes. His strength and power. Yes, my lady. Beauty fades, they say, and power with it. <laughs> Alas, even I cannot keep young forever. But I tell you this, Francoise. My beauty I may lose, but my power, that I shall keep. I shall be queen of France. Has it not been foretold? Queen of France. And not a mere figurehead, I warrant you. My fingers shall be on the pulse of a continent. Country shall rise and fall at my order. Beauty? <laughs> a fig for beauty. Serving me, may have it. But power, Francois. I shall be the most powerful woman in all Europe. 
Oh, it's not too bad. For pity's sake, let us get some sleep. Although I deride beauty, I have no wish to lose it before my time to let it. It has been a tiring night, my lady. Indeed it has. Keep your charges quiet in the morning, I pray you. But I have no wish to be disturbed. The lights go out in the grey house. And if there are girls who lie awake in the darkness, planning, dreaming of the future, there is no sign of it. But in the grand mansion near the Anjou Quay, the lights still blaze, and there is no doubt whatever what the master is thinking. The Duke of Almada leans forward in his chair, his long, thin fingers clasping the carved armrest, his bright eyes snapping with anger. So, he has failed, Boilarie. This cutthroat of whom you thought so highly. It was scarcely his fault, my lord. Failure, my good Boilarie, is never anyone's fault. First it was that Manzo was not unaccompanied. Then the storm. And the Breton fought like a regiment, not like one man. I can well believe it. He is of the size for fighting. Although there were ten men against one, he showed every inclination to fight a lot. Of course, sheer weight of numbers would have told against him. Had it not been for the rain. And Captain Corbo for a boy. Confound the fellow. Who, my lord? Corbo? Oh, this bucolic amadis who happened upon the scene. The Breton. The lad from the summer road. He seems destined to cross our path. We oh. must settle accounts with him when we have time, Boilarie. Yes. Yeah, I should have liked to help him on. He pleased me greatly last time we met. Some, some indescribable mysterious sympathy draws me to the young giant. When I first saw him, I felt that, that cold tremor which the superstitious say denotes someone walking on a grave. My lord. He is only a Breton peasant. The lad is much drawn, but little consequence in our scheme. True, true. And yet his appearance and his manner remind me of a, a dear old friend whose loss wrung from me many tears. I should have liked to help him for that alone. But the upstart deliberately places himself in the way and upsets my plans. So much the worse for him. Never has man spotted me and not repented it. I level obstacles. I overthrow adversaries and I kill enemies. The lad must be disposed of. At once, my lord. It is the girl we want at once, my Ladier. Find her first. Deal with the Breton later. Tonight we have failed. Apparently through nobody's fault but the intervention of the heaven from the past. Next time, we must succeed. You intend to try again? Naturally. The girl is important to our plans, my friend. We need her, and we need her quickly. For His Majesty is expected back at Saint-Germain within this week. The Marchioness left this afternoon. If she is there to greet the king, uh, then I must be also at his only etiquette. And with me must be Mademoiselle du Tremblay. Then you must make another attempt to take the girl at once. At once, by the way. See that it is better planned this time. You know where she lives. You know what she does. We have no time to waste, for the king is on his way home. Have her here tomorrow night, Valerier. Tomorrow night. I shall do my best, my lord. More than your best, my friend. 
Wherever she may hide, you shall find her. Whatever her defense, you shall overcome it. There is no house strong enough, no man powerful enough to hide her from us. I want her here tomorrow, Valerie, and this time I shall permit no failure. She is quite recovered, Don't madam. keep your voice down, I beg of you. If my lady should hear you at this early hour, I vow she'd awaken such a rage, all our plans would be undone. But is she quite recovered this morning, madam? Aurora, I mean. <laughs> I did not think you meant anyone else, you see. She is not quite recovered. These things take time. But she is calmer and more rested. I think she will be glad to see you. And I to see her. Are you taking me to her now? In just a moment. Have patience, please. I must first explain the plans I have made on her behalf. Step in here a moment. Then we can talk without danger. Danger? But but you said... I meant danger of waking, my lady. And believe me, that is danger indeed. For upon her goodwill depends all our schemes. You said last night the name of Marchioness de Montesquieu meant nothing to you. You do not know her position at the court? She is at the court, then? One of the Queen's ladies, no doubt. <laughs> How angry she would be to hear you say so. No, she is... Oh, how shall I put it? A great friend of the King's. His greatest, dearest friend. Up to the present time. She is, therefore, a very powerful woman. And if she were to take Aurora under her wing... I see. All you want is her protection. Well, I will ask it of the lady. You? Why not? Do you want to ruin everything? But why? She showed herself interested in me. That is the very reason. I... I do not understand. There is no need for you to understand, monsieur. You are laughing at me. <laughs> Don't be angry. Truly, I have not had such fun for years. Your innocence is unbelievable. Now listen, and do not interrupt. I have asked Madame to take your Aurora under her wing, and she has agreed. Mademoiselle de Tremblay shall stay with me until she is well enough to go to Saint-Germain. There she will lodge with the Marchioness, and under the roof of a royal residence. I am sure no harm will come to her. You understand? With gratitude. Good. Now you may see your aurora. Come, and quietly mind. I do not want my patient to serve more than is necessary. Do Mademoiselle, I have brought you a visitor. Quietly, Aurora, how glad I am to see you safe again. Indeed, you frightened me more than all those cutthroats. Oh, hush, monsieur. Don't speak of it. Don't try to talk, my child. It is enough for you to look and listen. It is enough for me to see you smile again. Even such a warm smile as that. And to feel your hand in mine. My child, listen to me and try to understand. You were in grave danger. You know, don't talk just yet. You were in danger, but now you are among friends. 
You see, I am not deceiving you. Your champion is by your side. She is indeed a loyal friend, Aurora, and one whom we may trust. We are your friends, child, and have made plans to shield you, both from the malady which keeps you in bed and from the plots which threaten you. You have no more to fear, mademoiselle. And if you can believe this, you will soon be recovered. There is nothing to fear now, I promise you. But we must have quiet, monsieur. You want me to go now? Yes. Mademoiselle needs rest. And I want you to take a message to Madame de la Bessetière. The relative with whom Aurora lodged? Yes. She must have been greatly frightened by Mademoiselle's continued absence. You must set her fears at rest and tell her what we propose. But I may come back. Is not your presence a remedy better than I could prescribe? <laughs> Be gone now, monsieur. Of course you may come back. We shall expect you tonight. Dunn of Porthos. Adapted by Margaret Dunn from the novel by Alexander Dumas. A George Edwards production.